Real privilege. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I think by the end of today, some of you will say, I'm glad I'm not going to hear him again for a while. You're tired of my voice. <laughs> I'm tired of my own voice. I hear myself talking. All right. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I really do want to thank you all. I want to thank those that were involved in the weekend for your work behind the scenes. It cannot happen without a team of people. So I want to thank you. I want to thank the people that made it happen, that did the work, the prayers. People were praying. We felt the opposition two or three days before, and my wife was just sending out emails and texts, pray, 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 pray. So thank you. Thank you very much. And even the guys that had to do the natural stuff, the food and all that, thank you. And then I want to thank the Lord, most of all, because of his incredible faithfulness. You take a step in faith and you wonder what's going to happen because you can't manufacture it. It either happens or it doesn't happen. But God is faithful to his word and faithful to his, what he said he will do, and he does it. And then a thank you to those that came forward for prayer, your humility to come forward, your honesty, your openness to receive ministry. And some of you, um, um, what, how can I put this? Uh, yeah, I don't know how to put this. Yeah, some of you, yeah, you were on the floor coughing and spluttering and rolling, so, but you just stayed and you let God do the work, so it's wonderful. Yeah, it really is your melody. And um, if you received ministry this weekend, and I'm sorry for those that are possibly yeah, visiting for the first time, just bear with us, please. I do have to cut. If you received ministry this weekend, you have to understand that your emotions can be a little tender for a day or two. Just give yourself some grace. Give your spouse some grace. Your emotions can be a little tender. They really can be, particularly on the depth of what God did. It affects us emotionally. It affects us physically. You might be a little tired. Understand the thoughts that will come your way. Please don't let the devil lie to you again that nothing happened. Because that's, uh, why would he have to say that if nothing, if, uh, uh, something happened? So just don't hold those thoughts. I'm encouraging you. Watch what comes into your mind and give yourself time, time for what God did to get established in you. Give yourself time. It takes time for it to be established. Things have been cleared, but something needs to be established. So be intentional. Be intentional about fellowship. Be intentional about praise and worship. And be intentional about getting into the Word. Be intentional about those three things. I encourage you. Amen. Uh, yeah, please. Josh is struggling as normal. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting back from yesterday, Josh, that's all. <laughs> At least he can do it, I can't. Okay. Is it on? Just lift it up. Um, I just want to say, sometimes when a person's been set free from a lot, they... Um, they, they get confused with who they are. Yeah. Get the word in you about identity. There's, there's um, some cards out there, some just little charts things with identity scriptures. If you had any deep ministry, I would encourage you to get one and really, really meditate on those scriptures. And as a church, please let's be in prayer. Even if we don't know the names or who the people are, let's be in prayer over the next two weeks for each of those people that things would get established in them. Yeah, good. Thank you. And then the other thing I want to say, tell somebody. 
You don't have to give them the details. But tell somebody, God touched my life. God did a work in me. I might not understand it, but I know he did it. Tell somebody. Because the more you speak it, the more it helps the establishment take place. You don't have to give all the details. If you want to, that's up to you. It's your testimony. You can do it as you choose. But you have to partner with what God did in your heart. And you do that by speaking it out. You've got to speak it out. Tell somebody. Just go tell somebody. I encourage you. And so what I want to do is I want to give a few minutes. If anybody wants to give a testimony, short, please don't keep it long. Anybody wants to just come up here, thank the Lord, say something, feel free. I'm not saying you have to. I just want to give you that privilege. That's all. Oh, here we are. Just keep it as short as you can, please, if you can, just, um, just for the sake of time. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I came up thinking I had um, possibly sickness or infirmity in my body. I, asked, I was coming up to ask for deliverance from diabetes. I've been fighting it for a year. He said a lot, but one of the things he said was, they don't know about this diagnosis. They said I was one, take insulin. They said you're two, no, you're one and a half. They have no idea what I am. So I came up and I got free from witchcraft. Thank you, wonderful. Wonderful. It might say blow some witchcraft. What the heck? Third world, I mean, first world country. Sorry, carry on. I was praying for the people yesterday, thinking that I didn't need it. And when you came and prayed for me, and I went to the floor, and I was really like very touched from the Lord. I could see the people that is cursing us because um, of the work we have done. I could see that that was great. Good. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're welcome. It Thank the Lord. God. Thank you. Okay. This lady has brought up a very key thing. Sometimes when the Lord touches you, you'll get a flashback to the past. Even from a child, you'll get a picture of somebody or something that happened. What God is saying, I'm setting you free from that. So sometimes you know what it is or what happened there or the words that were spoken or whatever. It's a flash. It's just pew. You see people's faces or whatever. It's not against the people, but God is saying, as a result of what happened there, I'm setting you free from that now. Now you're free. So over the past year and a half, um, there was just a what I now I realized was a spirit of grief had just rested on my life. And it was like there was, it was this burden. I, I couldn't get out of it no matter what I did. I was hitting this wall. Um, and last Saturday, I, went, I did a Living Free ministry. I went to Living Free, and that was incredible. I highly recommend that you sign up to do that. And then um, Ken prayed for me. He, at the end, was like, if anyone's been battling a spirit of grief. And I was like, <laughs> hello. So um, I, they prayed for me, and I, I felt it come out of me, like through my throat. And I'm just, I'm free. Like, it's gone. Uh, hey, guys. So uh, yesterday, I also uh, received deliverance. Um, it was, it was really interesting because I, I came up because I was trying to be obedient. Uh, Ken laid hands. And I was kind of like, all right, that's cool. I'm going to go get some water, go to the restroom. I came back, and uh, like I was standing here for a second. I was like, you know, I'm going to sit down. 
I turn around and uh, Sam Owen, a lot of you guys know her, she's like, no, hey, wait, no. And I look around and uh, Jen, and there's someone else there, and they're ready to pray. And I'm kind of like, all right, cool. This feels a little weird. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Um, so there's oftentimes the moving of the spirit with the assistance of some really deep and powerful worship music. Um, but yesterday, like, my mind was blown because, like, I've never seen such powerful deliverance with no worship music whatsoever. Um, so, like, to be, like, super, like, quiet in the place, and then Ken's like, all right, come up for prayer. It felt a little weird. And then when I hit the ground, it's like, yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. Ken taught us about generational curses, and I've done a lot of work, trauma work and everything, but yesterday um, I just came forward and, was, and received um, freedom from the generational curse of shame, and just um, my mom has passed, but I even felt this freedom from her, and it was just beautiful, and then I went later, I kind of had this fear sort of rumbling really low, and trying to battle it with, you know, remembering who I am in Christ and what the word says, but Ken prayed for me, and then that fear is just completely gone. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> One of the things I like to do is dial everything down. So there's no hype in it. There's no emotion in it. It's just God doing what God can do. There's nothing wrong with music, as that gentleman said. Nothing what's this. Music helps change the atmosphere. But Jesus didn't walk around with a tape recorder playing music when he's about to... <laughs> heal somebody. He just didn't. He just spoke the word and that's it, done. So, and it's, uh, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with worship. Worship's great. It helps. It really does help the atmosphere. But um, it's just to, because of the area of deliverance, it can be very hyped. It can be very, um, yeah, just, I don't know what other word is. And so, yeah, so we try and dial it down and let God be God. All right, go with your Bibles, please. We're going to go through this as fast as we can, if we can. I want to try and continue a little bit from last week. Um, uh, we spoke about Acts. Clayton started that, and we're just trying to continue with that a little bit. Just that he's aware, because he hasn't been here for so long. So I just want to tell him he started this. Now I'm teasing. All right. But if you go with me, please, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Last week, I tried to talk about the ministry of Jesus and uh, basically four ingredients, preaching, teaching, uh, which is the proclamation part, and then the healing and the deliverance, which is the demonstration part. That's basically the outline, short summary of his ministry, and he has commissioned the church to continue that. So in the book of Acts, it starts in my former book, Theophilus, which is the book of Luke. It was a doctor who wrote those two books. I began to tell you all that Jesus began to do. It's a continuing present tense. It's not a past completed thing. It's a continued present tense. That he started something, now it's continued, and this is what the book of Acts looks like, and this is what the church is meant to do. 21st century church. Okay, so, but if we go back to the book of John, John chapter 1, Verse 29, it says this, it says, The next day John, that's John the Baptist now, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. 
I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. So everything the church does is always to reveal Jesus Christ. Even as we sang this morning, he receives the glory. God works through human beings. It's an incredible mystery to me. Frail human beings that still have working through some stuff. So it's never about um, perfection. It's about availability. That's all it is. So while he's working in you, he's working through you. That he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this test to me. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. It remained on Jesus. I would not have known except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain, is he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify. So I've used the scripture before. The twofold uh, ministry of Jesus is look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin in the world, but he will also baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. Those two have to go together. It's not complete when we just focus on getting people saved and going to heaven, which is great as that is. It's the greatest miracle. But he will also baptize you with the Holy Spirit and power. Let's walk into that part as well, because that helps commission the church into what he has, so we can walk in the authority and power that he has enabled the church to walk into, that he wants the church to walk into. Because as I said last week, it's impossible to do, impossible to do what God's called us to do without authority and power. So there's two events that will happen in every Christian's life. I'm calling them events because I didn't know what else to call them. You get born again, and you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. These two events that have spoken about you. It's an event, but it's an event that opens up a doorway into something more. It's a process of entering into something. It's not the, how do I put it, the, the complete, it's not an event, now it's done. No, it opens up a doorway. We chatted about doorways last year from the powers of darkness and doorways that come into our life and where those doorways are. Well, these are two doorways that enable us to walk into the fullness of all that Jesus has for us. It's a doorway. It's an entrance into. That's what it is. And I found for me it happened like this. I'd never read the Bible. I would know nothing. I never went to a church. I never did any of that. So I had none of that stuff. There's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I had an event. Jesus encountered my life. I knew something happened. I could feel something happened. I could feel the change, but I had no understanding of what happened. I didn't know the depth of what happened. And unless I got into the Word, and unless I got around other people that could help me and show me and point me in that direction, I would never have known what had happened. Hello? But I had to get into the Word. And by the grace of God, God put a love in my heart for the Word. And many of you, I've told you the story before, I'm not an academic. I barely, barely passed grade 12. In matric, I mean, in South Africa, they call it matric. Your grade 12 is matric. And so I got a little degree behind my name, FMT, failed matric twice. 
I'm joking, but it was, feels like that. And there's nothing wrong with intelligence. Don't get me wrong. Go study, learn. It's good. It's healthy. God's given us a brain. But he wants to be able to work in and through that brain. Don't let the brain direct you. Let him direct you. That's all I'm trying to say. And so he put out love in my heart for the word. And as I got into the word, I said, oh, yes, look what happened to me. And I started to understand who I was. I started to understand who God said I am. I started to understand the depth of the door that he had opened. But for other people, I find they'll sit under the word, they'll sit under preaching, but they haven't had the event yet. That's what happened to the disciples. They sat under the ministry of Jesus for three and a half years. I had no clue what he was talking about. They kept saying, we don't understand, we don't understand. Okay, well, I don't know what's going on. Help, explain it, explain it. He kept explaining. But when the event came in John chapter 20, when it says Jesus breathed on them, they got born again. And all of a sudden, all those three years of teaching exploded inside of them. Oh, now I understand. Now I understand. So God can do it either way he likes. And I found in my own experience, for those that sit under the word or part of it or hear it ongoingly but haven't had the event yet, when the event happens, it's like they catapult in their walk with the Lord because everything comes alive inside them all of a sudden. That happened to him. Yeah. See, different. We can't dictate to God how it happens. And so sometimes you'll talk to people and preach to people and tell them, and they're asking questions, but the event hasn't happened yet because the event can only come from God. You can't make it happen. You can pray, great, but you can't get them born again. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and the Spirit gives birth to spirit. That's what Jesus said. And that needs to come inside of a man and a woman and something needs to come alive in them. But as that doorway opens, and so the event can come either way, and it can happen even with the baptism of the Spirit. It's another event. It's a separate event, people. Sometimes they happen at the same time. It happened to, in Romans, in, oh, sorry, my brain, it's been a long weekend. Acts 10, thank you. Cornelius got saved and full of the Spirit at the same time. It happens to some people. It didn't happen to me like that. I got born again, and about a year later, I got filled with the Spirit. Or I got baptized, whatever word you want to use, whatever. Doesn't, terminology doesn't matter to me as long as it happens. And something else happened. It entered me into another realm that I wasn't even aware of. It introduced me. And so these two events are a doorway that enable you to come in. And I find that the first doorway, when you get born again, when the Spirit of God breathes the nature of Jesus into your heart and my heart, is the doorway leads into all of a sudden you know you have an inheritance. And it's secure for you. In heaven, an inheritance here on earth. Because there's a seal that takes place. All of a sudden, you get the privilege to hear the Father's voice. And so he's opened the door for you to say, come hear my voice. Let me teach you how I speak to you. But it can't happen without that event. 
you understand what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you get the wonderful nurturing care of the Father. And it becomes a greater reality to you, as well as his discipline, because he loves you. Not to trip us up. And so this door, this first door when we get born again, opens up those things to us. That's what it begins to open up to us. And the way I learn to walk in them is as I get into the Word and I get those things established in my heart. Because you can have the event, but unless I start to get this in me, however it goes, yum, 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 the impact of the event will not have the fullness of which it's meant to have. And so we don't walk in what we're meant to walk in. We walk with a limp the rest of our lives. Because God is saying, come, I've opened the door for you, my son, my daughter. Come, let me show you all that I have for you. You with me? And it takes time. That's all. It just takes time. And the second event when the Holy Spirit, and that's the one I want to touch on a little bit more. And so just let me get to my notes, if I can. You know me and notes, so... All right. The second event that when it happens to you, which happened to me, as I said, a year later, and forgive me for telling the story, I'm trying to clarify it because it's two different events. That's the Bible. The baptized, the, the disciples, whew, born again. John chapter 20, 20. So the Bible says all of a sudden the understanding was opened. That was Luke says, the same event. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, hallelujah. But they were still locked away. And Jesus said, wait, 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 wait. For you to have real impact as my sons and daughters, you need an ability to come on you to do what I've called you to do. That's all it is. You just need an ability, a supernatural ability. And for me, it happened a year later. And we went up to a conference, Michelle and I, the same conference. I used to think that the Lord lived there, to be brutally honest, because I got saved there, I got healed there, I got delivered there, I got filled with the Spirit in that same place. Like the Lord lived there for me. So anyway, and it was a very, very down-to-earth, very, what's the word? Very rustic place, which was great. Anyway, so we went to this conference again, or whatever it was, it was actually a retreat, but now I'm saved, so now I'm hungry. I want to learn. I want to find out. And they call people, okay, if you've just gone into full-time ministry, let's pray for you. So I actually turned to the pastor. I said, does that include me and Michelle? He laughed at me. He said, yes, that includes you. So I said, okay, great. So we got up. We went to the front. And again, two guys came to pray for me. And I'm standing there holding my wife's hand, but this time I'm not embarrassed like I was the week, year before. Now, God, this is good. Next time I'm on the floor. Nobody said anything, nobody touched me, nobody did nothing. But I'm on the floor. And I'm shaking. My head's going up, I'm going like this, like a fish. Up and down, up and down, up and down. And my whole body's starting to tremble, and I said to Michelle, I don't know what's going on, I can't control this. I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's going on. Like my mind's going tilt, 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 because you can't work it out in your mind. And then I'm lying there, and I felt God say, just lift your hands. So I lift my hands. And as I lifted my hands, these three fingers here and these three fingers here, it felt like somebody put them in the wall sockets. Electricity. So 
So I said, oh, okay, but now I'm still, now I'm shaking more. So I don't know what's going on. I have no clue. I'm telling you, I have no clue what's going on. But I just know it's God. Then I said to Michelle, I think I've got to stand up. But I can't stand. I just couldn't stand. So I had to put my arm around Michelle, and I put another arm around this one. And then, oh, I better not say this. And you, like my feet are dragging because I can't stand. And then I felt the Lord say, just look at somebody and raise your hand. So I did that. And when I looked at the person and they looked at me and I just raised my hand, they were like from this distance away. They, killed, they catapulted four or five rows backwards. Just, huh, what? <laughs> and all it was is God was saying, I'm inviting you into something more. I had no understanding of it. I'm inviting you into something more. So again, I had to begin to understand what happened. Again, I had to get back into the Word. Again, I had to see this is biblical. This is what the Father in heaven desires for His children, His sons and daughters. It's a gift He gives to His children, because that's what Jesus promised. It's a gift He gives to His sons and daughters. That's what Jesus said. It's a gift. And I find what then that happened to me, there's a couple of things that begin to happen inside of me. Oops, let me get rid of that page. That's what I got. There's a couple of things that begin to happen to me. Number one is I started to see a release of power. Not so much power to do ministry, but power in my inner being. There's something that started to happen inside me, and all of a sudden I started to become aware of gifts and callings that I never knew were possible. And that's what started to happen. And I started to find I had a desire to now engage in spiritual warfare. I had a desire, like I hadn't had a desire before. So that's what I started to read books. And many of you heard the testimony yesterday. I went to everything I could. I read books. I read books. And I realized later on only that's something God was releasing me into and training me and equipping me. But that's what started to happen in me. And it will be different for different people. I found what happened is all of a sudden I had a greater desire in me for Christ to be glorified because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He glorifies Christ. That's what he does. He always points. There was a knowing developed in me that I knew like I knew that Jesus is risen and he's alive and he's the king and he has all authority and power. That's what started to develop in me. I knew that. That's what started slowly over a period of time. Started to break forth. I knew he was no longer on the cross. He's not on the cross, people. He's in heaven. <laughs> Seated above every principality, power, rule, and authority. And that started to become a reality to me. Oh, he's seated above it all. Oh, yes. He's above all. Oh, that changes everything. Oh, so everything's submitted to him. Oh, this is great news. That's what started to happen inside of me. I then had to learn how to work it out, and I found it doesn't just happen straight away. It takes time, if you understand what I'm saying. But then you get a knowing in you. 
He's above all. So Grenfell, relax. Okay. It was a gateway to the supernatural. That's what it is. It opened up a gateway to the supernatural. I was no longer satisfied with just a form of Christianity or programs of Christianity. I wanted the authentic and the real. That's what started to happen inside me. So it wasn't to criticize other people. Because how can I say something to somebody else if they're having an event that I've had? That's not fair. So you be gracious and loving and kind and gentle to people. And pray for them that God would let them experience what you experienced in their own way. Can't force it upon them. And so there was such a longing in me, such a desire in me to see the supernaturalness of God. Andrew Murray said this. He lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s. If Christianity be not supernatural, it is not Christianity. I agree. We saw it last, yesterday or this weekend. Then I found that what also began to happen in me, all of a sudden my prayer took on a different form. It was like spirit empowered. can't explain it. And at times I'd find groanings and moanings come out of me, and I didn't quite understand it, but I just knew it was something in me that God was doing. And then when I read it in Romans 8, it says sometimes we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit comes out with groans and moans. And I knew it was God preparing something or doing something. Or he's calling me to cry out for something. You ride in your car and all of you just go, oh God! You don't know what you're crying out for, but you just know something's happening. Hello? Yeah, it's a gateway. It opens up. That's what I'm saying. These events open up something into your life. And then I found what I'm just saying, what I found started to happen to me. All of a sudden, Scripture, the revelation of Scripture came more alive to me as I started to read it. And that's what happened to Peter when Peter got baptized with the Holy Spirit and people said, what is this? He said, oh, that's easy. This is what Joel prophesied about. This is that. You didn't even think about it. Just pew. And all of a sudden, the Scripture, some Scripture started to come alive in me. That's what happened. And then I found what had begun to happen over a period of time is the daily guidance. I've started to sense something of the abundant life that Christ spoke about in John 10.10. I didn't come to give you life. I came to give it to you in abundance. The abundant life. That started to increase in me. That's what started to happen. And then one of the other things that happened is I found this divine love at times came upon me. A love that I knew wasn't for me. A love for him and a love for people. It's a divine love. It surpasses everything. And if you can go with me to Romans chapter 5, I just went, this is what the divine love consists of. This is, a, in a sense, a definition of the nature of divine love. What did I say? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The brain's not doing very well. Okay. Verse 5, it says this. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts 
by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, just at the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anybody die for a righteous man, though for a good man somebody might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, we were unable utterly to help ourselves. And love came. We were totally and completely separated from God, and love came. We were in open rebellion towards Him, and love came. We were corrupt to the core, and love came. So 1 John 4, 9 says this, This is how God showed His love for us, that He sent His one and only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Divine love gives first freely, not wanting anything in return. Divine love. We were helpless. We were ungodly. We were sinners. And love came. And when you receive the baptisms of the Spirit, you have times where you sense that. Where your love goes out to the broken. Where your love goes out to the people that are in bondage. The ungodly. Just as his love came to us that way. And I found there were seasons of that in my life. I wish I said it happened every day, but it didn't. It still doesn't. But there are seasons that that begins to happen. Divine love gives first and freely to those who are unlovable, otherworldly, and rebellious. That's what divine love does. It does want to be returned in any form or manner before it gives all. That's why Jesus said at the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The very people that killed him, Father, forgive them, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. People don't know what they're doing. They're blinded. Let's have compassion for the lost. To have the gifts and calling, the power and authority without love is to lose the heart of God. That's why we need the divine love. To have the gifts, the power, the authority, without the love, we lose the heart of God. And we never want to lose the heart of God. And the measure that we are filled with the Holy Spirit is the same measure we will be filled with divine love. Yesterday, at the end of yesterday, it just so happened, God orchestrates things, and I said to Michelle afterwards, I'm telling you, God orchestrated this. A lot of people had left. They had to go understand. They had kids. They had home. They had to go home. There was a young lady. She was sitting right over there on the floor there, and some people were better ministering to her. But it had been a process. And for some reason, I was about to go. I honestly was. And I felt led to just go sit and see what's going on. So I came and sat here. I sat right over there. And there were about, I don't know, 15, 20 of us gathered around. And in the process of, I don't know, it was 45 minutes or an hour, this young lady, when I say young, she's 28, 29, God started to deliver her of some incredible stuff. And those who were sitting here will know. 
what happened was an amazing time. It was like God was teaching us as we were going and saying, okay, I've got this, I've got this. And I want to take my hat off to that young girl because I kept stopping and saying, you want water? She just said, no, I want freedom, I want freedom, I want freedom. It's all she wanted. I don't want anything, I just want freedom. And so she was determined to come free. She really was determined. But why am I telling this story? Because when we sat around you, I don't know how many people were here, some were sitting on chairs and watching, some were here. People were praying, I could feel it. It was like there was a sense of togetherness. It was a team effort. There was a sense of such love for this young lady, such concern for this young lady. And so people were getting words of knowledge about what it is and what we need to touch on and what we need to call out of her. And she herself was actually getting them as well. So voices were coming out of her mouth and saying, it's this and this and this. And she had such an amazing freedom. And I haven't stopped thinking about that because that shows me how much God loves. How much God loves. And you will use people that are willing to be used. And he did it. He did it. He did it all. But just the togetherness, the unity of the people, people holding her, people pouring oil on her, people getting words of knowledge, other people praying, just you could feel it as it was going. I just happened to be the point person, that's all. But it was a togetherness. It was incredible. It really was. And I know somebody's in contact with her because she was actually a, she came from out of town. She had actually been to Living Free the week before and was encouraged to come to the conference. And that's what happened. And so I'm saying all this to say God has opened doors for us to walk through and walk into. That's what he's done. And if you haven't walked into the first door of being born again, I encourage you, get prayer. If you haven't walked into the second door that God has opened about being one event of being baptized with the Spirit, do so. Because once you do that, then you've got to continually be refilled. And the way this grows is through the Word and understanding who you are. And the way this grows is waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm finished. Look at the tongue, suffering catfish. Okay. Sorry, it's my... <laughs> okay, the Bible clearly says that those that wait upon the Lord will run and not go weary. I think it's Isaiah 40 somewhere. Isaiah, end of Isaiah 40. They will fly like wings. Sorry, that's my dyslexia coming. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> Sorry? Soar on wings like eagles. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's my dyslexia comes in. I realized last year when I said pain, I spelt it backwards. Last week, last year. Did I? And the worst part about it is I took my time and took it. And then Michelle said, you know, you spelled it backwards. I said, oh, did I? Okay. I was wondering why some people, I'm saying pain and people are smiling. So I was wondering why. Now I know why. God has a sense of humor. He gets me to calm down. Okay. And I find that when you wait on the Lord... Because Psalm 40 also talks about waiting on the Lord. What he does, as you wait on the Lord, the flesh gets disarmed. It disarms the power of sin. 
Waiting on the Lord gives the Holy Spirit strength in your inner being and your flesh begins to lose grip on you as you wait on Him. And then He puts a song in your heart, even praise unto Him, and you start to sing melodies of your own that begin to come up inside of you. Because often in the realm of the Spirit there's a melody. There's a melody. And then I find what happens is, it's like Jesus becomes a little bit more real to you. Sometimes God does not mind if you play worship music, as I said, because it changes the atmosphere for you to get into the Spirit. But you don't need music to get into the Spirit. But our atmosphere needs to change because we get so easily distracted. So the worship helps us with that. That's what it does. For me, I get into the Word. And as I get into the Word, that's what facilitates me coming into the presence of the Lord. And the more you do it, the more you find you come into it a little quicker and a little quicker as you wait upon Him. But it comes over a period of time. And once you're in the flow, you don't need anything from earth. It's like everything from earth falls away because you're sustained from on high. I'm encouraging you all. That's why I'm telling you this, okay? So we need to worship to connect, to forget our troubles. And the moment the Holy Spirit quickens you, Jesus becomes very real to you. In the realm of the Spirit, Jesus becomes real. And when Jesus becomes real, faith begins to come. You don't need to pray for faith. Just get with Jesus. Faith comes. Faith comes. Because you begin to see, oh, he's actually holy. He's exalted above all things. Everything, everything submits to him. Everything. It's got the name above all names. He says, seek me, and I will give you faith. Genesis 1, verse 1, is actually helps us right in the beginning. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over, and then God spoke. And so when the Spirit of the Lord begins to hover over you and the flesh begins to take away and the flesh begins to die out, then God will begin to speak to you. And those words that He speaks to you become ramy in your life, become real in your life, becomes things that sustain you in your times of trouble and the hourly night when you're struggling. Those are what begin because they come from heaven and He's putting them inside of you. He quickens the Word, and the Word comes alive in you. And when the Word comes alive in you, things begin to happen, and things begin to change. That's what happens when we wait on the Lord. And He clothes you fresh from on high. He clothes you fresh from on high. But you have to have the event to be able to get into that. We need power and authority, people, to do what God's called us to do. And each one's different. Each expression is different. Everybody will carry it differently. So don't copy somebody else. Just find it for yourself for the Lord. But he has. He says, my son, let me open the doors for you. Let me open your identity for you. Let me give you a new nature. Let me open this door into an inheritance. Let me open this door into my voice. Let me open this door into my loving care that you know. And then, son, let me open this door into the supernatural. Let me open this door into what I've gifted and called you into. Let me open this door that as you wait upon me, I'll clothe you fresh from on high, from on high, from on high. 
And so we just need to be patient with ourselves and patient with the Lord, but he promises he will do it. And then we do what he calls us to do. Amen? Amen. That's the book of Acts. (laughs) 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 Sorry. (laughs) Yes, that's what happened in the book of Acts. Despite their own failings. Acts 1 to Acts 10 is 10 years. And Jesus told Peter, I don't know how many times, go to the world, go to the nations, go to the nations. In other words, go to the Gentiles. Didn't for 10 years. God had to put him in a tranche and send him down a vision. Eat. No, Peter says, I can't do that. Lord says, eat. You know it there. Oh, I must go to the Gentiles. But he had already raised the dead and healed the sick. His shadow was falling on people and people were getting healed. It's amazing how God will use us when we just avail ourselves, even though he's still busy with us. So I don't know if anybody wants to say anything, because I do would like to pray. Nobody? Miracle number one. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) No, I'm teasing. I really am teasing. All right. I don't know why, but I feel like... Let me get back to my notes. That's why I write it down. I feel like that some of you have been called into something, and we would like to pray for you. Some of you are involved in some things, but some of you have been called into something. And so we want to lay hands on you and pray for you, if you feel that is. Okay, number one. If you feel like you haven't, haven't experienced one of these two events, we want to pray for you as well. And when somebody comes and prays for you, tell them, I feel like I want to know that I'm born again, so I know these doors open to me. Or I feel like I've never experienced this event, so I want to experience this event. And we want to pray for you. So those two doorways get opened into your life, into all that God has for you. Amen.